Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Over the Bar podcast. As always, we are your home for all things U.S. men's national soccer team, U.S. soccer, a bit of international soccer sprinkled in there. I'm your co-host, Noah. I'm joined today with the whole cast of Over the Bar. We are finally all back together. The boys are back. Sumer and Nick. Boys, how are we doing? No more load man- management. Howdy, y'all. How we doing? It's the playoffs, bro. There's no more load management in the playoffs, right? <laughs> it's the playoffs. We gotta be on we gotta be on our game, right? Happy I to be back, it. bro. Happy uh, to be happy, back. Happy, happy, happy to have you guys back, especially because we got a lot to get through today. Um, quite a bit on our list. A lot of US news, obviously some player performance and stuff to analyze. And then jumping back into the next segment of our positional breakdowns. I think we're doing what, boys? We're gonna work on some some wide midfielders slash wingers today. The position sure. I always wish I could play it. Yeah. I guess it should be exciting. Nick, you can play it. Yeah, but I don't know those other positions. <laughs> I, Nick, yeah. Matthew, you're pretty stout right back. I, I, I kind of like you there. Yeah, I like myself there too. Thanks, Noah. Could you, ima- could you imagine Mansky going down the wing to step over after step over? I don't think I've ever seen you do a step over like ever. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I've, done I see, no, I've seen you do some nice moves, but not like a full on like. Ronaldo step over like I'll do it for you next time we're playing together he's got the, he's got right. the cut chop so what I will say he's got the, the fake shot chop he's got the drag back the drag back is like his go-to oh yeah um, oh yeah he loves he loves the drag back um he's a quality player but just no step overs you need to incorporate the FIFA L1 R1 pull back but <laughs> I'll just I'll press that in my head you know then <laughs> guess like I said a lot to get to today I want to start it with you boys. Obviously, we weren't able to record last week, um, and that is because you gentlemen were at something pretty special. Uh, the opening, I'll let, I'll let you guys describe it a little more, but opening game for Nashville's new stadium, Jonas Park. How was that, boys? I, I just, you know, it looked incredible from what I saw. I, let, me, let me hear about it a little bit. It, it was amazing. Um, the city of Nashville I'd never been to. Um, I'm not going to speak for Nick, but I know he hasn't been there either before this, and First of all, on the party scene. You kind of did just speak for me, but keep going. <laughs> well, I'm saying I don't want to speak on everything else besides the fact of you haven't been there. That's the only part I wanted to speak on. Um, but, yes, we both have not been there, and we both had a ton of fun. It was a huge party the entire weekend. I feel like that city has or is jumping every weekend. Um, so just on the city aspect, I really enjoyed the city. Going in there, not really enjoying country music so much. Um, to still have an amazing time there and just, you know, have a great time with friends was uh, something I didn't know I was going to, ha- it was going to happen, but it did. It was amazing party. Yeah. Um, I'll speak a little bit more on the sock, the party and, and Sumer, you can jump in. But uh, when you think of soccer in the United States, uh, first place is, I mean, one of the places that does not even super far down the list is Nashville, in my opinion. And that was an amazing experience at the stadium. I think they sold it out. It was 30,000 ish. I think it maybe 30 out 30,000 or 31,000 around there um, sold it out. Um, and it was fantastic. They have two different layers in terms of where supporters can sit. So they have like a um, lower uh, section and then a higher section. Um, and it was just fantastic. They have a, yeah, they have a band together is their slogan. That's in a, really cool area of Nashville. It's by, it's like an old motor speedway area, but it's not quite what you think of when you think of like Broadway, Nashville, it's a little bit outside of that area, but um, definitely really safe. Definitely. 
I, I just couldn't get over the fact that whenever I think of, when I think of Nashville, I think of I think of or Tennessee, I think of Memphis basket, Memphis Grizzlies basketball. I think of Tennessee Titans, right? This place was rocking for their soccer. They absolutely love Walker Zimmerman. and they love Henny Mukhtar. It was great. Uh, CJ Zapong, they love. It was, it was fantastic. Um, and it looked it looked like it was absolutely bouncing from what I saw. Yeah, um, they and and they have the concessions are all like mom and pop shops and in a good way of like kind of different places. Like you get the classic Nashville hot chicken sandwich and. It's just, it is a, it definitely, if you are listening and you are in the area and there's some, there's Nashville SC is playing, check it out. It's worth it. It'll be great. I know they just tied against, um, against, uh, tied against LA. No, they won. No, they just beat Rail. No, they won, like, my bad. This past weekend. Sorry. Yeah, you guys went to the 1-1 Union, draw. I'm thinking Union yep. and Nashville. Um, yeah, they just won against LA. So I know that place is rocking. Um, yeah, no, I assume I go feel free to head into the, the game part of it too. No, I was going to say, um, no, they beat Real Salt Lake this weekend, but LA oh, also did. I'm off. <laughs> no, all good. But I was going to say, like you said, uh, Nick, you know, I talked more about the, the scene in the city itself. If you're a fan of any team and you're looking to go on an away match to a city, this is the spot. One, Geodas Park, what a spectacle. When you're sitting in that stadium, the the four walls kind of thing just make you feel like you're in such an inclusive environment and um it's impressive to be in and and just look around and see that this is you know a soccer specific stadium in the united states that's built like this um it's really cool it's something probably you can compare to i've been to lower.com um but that holds twenty thousand in columbus i have not been to tql which holds you know upwards of 25 but this one really felt like a spectacle once you were in there and that was the thing that I thoroughly, you know, loved was just sitting in my seat and just being like, wow, like this is a really cool stadium. So Nashville, Geodas Park, uh, wish them all the best because that stadium deserves it. And the city has enough fandom for sure for it. Yeah. My, my last thing about it is I, I am one to kind of, at least for MLS, I'd love to see soccer uh, stadium, especially, I mean, only soccer, right? Right, that are authentic to that city. And I think um, that stadium and that environment and to the point they had country music before, during and after the game and not just the music, the, all of it, it's, it's authentic to Nashville. And I think it just adds to the, um, the odds to like the fandom and it adds to kind of the, the yeah, spectacle that we talked about. And yeah, so. One thing I wanted to just mention also, um, I don't know if you remember this, Nick, and I think they're doing this every game. I don't want to say it and be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they have a guitar soloist at the beginning of each match uh, right before the kickoff. So after, after the national anthem in the corner, they have a guitar soloist from the um, local national area do a little like hype up guitar solo and <laughs> boom, then they kick off. So that was pretty cool um, to have that go into the into the kickoff. And I'm pretty sure that's their plan for every match. That's pretty sweet. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it's awesome. And it looked like the, like I said, the biggest thing I noticed was the crowd just absolutely bouncing. And, and Nick, I, I completely agree with what you said, that it's, it's great to see Nashville as a rising soccer city. Great to see MLS just in general growing. Um, on to another stadium issue, I think, that we can kind of take a turn from a really good aspect of a stadium in Geodas to a really bad aspect of a stadium in Mercedes-Benz Arena. More specifically, bringing this up because I'm sure you both saw what happened to Miles Robinson over this past weekend, as I'm sure a lot of our viewers did. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, Miles Robinson has officially undergone surgery for a torn Achilles. 
I watched the video. It looked awful. I, I felt nothing but pain for Miles going through that. And, and you could see just in his eyes, he knew exactly what it meant. Um, but he did make a, a conspicuous gesture towards the turf. And, and I wonder. Well, I, Noah, I, real quick, was that was my question. Is it turf or is it grass? Do we know? It is synthetic turf. It is uh, a newly redone synthetic turf. Yeah. Um, got, I, I think it got like replaced a couple of years ago. Yeah, I don't think I like the sound of that. No, and, and especially if you look at Atlanta's situation right now. I mean, that there are probably up to 15, maybe 17 injuries as a total. And, and so many of them are coming off as non-contact now. Miles' was non-contact. I, was it a fully torn Achilles? I think so, yes. I'm not 100%, but he had, it was enough to get surgery and enough to rule him out for the World Cup. So more than enough to do the damage. Yeah, I mean, so it just it just begs a lot for me in terms of, you know, what are we doing with these stadiums? And, and you know, more urgently, there's certainly a conversation to be had now about what our center backs in June should look like. I will say one thing, yeah, on regards to the field and the turf. It's no – there's no speculation on playing on turf increases lower body injuries in, in athletes, specifically soccer players. Their inability to – to grip the, the artificial grass compared to natural grass um, or sorry, artificial turf compared to natural grass is exactly the reason that these injuries come about most of the times. So you look at a team like Atlanta, you know, they're selling out their stadium. Sometimes I'm sure they do great revenue numbers and stuff. Uh, I know that the Atlanta United and other Atlanta sports teams have some uh, ownership ties, um, but um, it just begs to, to differ to see because you know, they, they look across the Midwest and they see Nashville building this stadium, you know, and, and, and does Atlanta ever want to create something like that where their players feel like they have their own home or maybe have a better playing surface? Uh, because you still see now that we're just holding on to some of these teams still playing in NFL stadiums. Um, and you look at a team like Nashville, came in, started playing, got out. And these other teams are still playing there. So that's just one point I wanted to make. They really need, It's going to come to a point where everyone's going to eventually leave these NFL stadiums and these turf stadiums. Um, but to, for miles, it's gutting. Did he have question marks? Sure. At some points, you know, against Canada, um, you know, basically 2022 wasn't the best U S men's national team. We saw I preferred him in 2021, but this, you know, is a big hit to the, to the center back depth depth chart. Uh, Cause he was hundred percent up there and probably already on the, on the bus, whether or not he was going to be, one or two, maybe he dropped off to three. He was probably on the plane. So this opens up a spot for somebody. And we were talking about spots for a long time. This is how they come, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah, no. And, and I think for anybody looking to, to know what those spots are, I mean, I know we did a whole podcast about our, our center back pool. And, and it just means that, you know, one of those guys, maybe one of the fringe guys, EPB, Cameron Cardo Vickers, John Brooks, maybe going to get another opportunity. I know a lot of people are jumping on the John Brooks train right now. I would, I would hold Mark off. McKenzie, Mark, Mark McKenzie, McKenzie, Aaron Long. This is a lot for all these guys. Tim Ream. It's a lot for a lot of them. I'm just hoping, and and personally, I can see Aaron Long getting a spot, having not done anything for the last two years, and that scored this weekend. Well he scored this weekend. weekend. He scored. He scored. <laughs> what a banger! What a banger! Uh, I don't know what banger is. <laughs> Right in front of him, but <laughs> the, the technique on the shot, though, Greg definitely <laughs> saw that. It was like, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. If it dropped right in front of him, if it drops right in front of anybody like that, it would. The technique is looks Except great. Except you, 
Except you. I doubt that goes in if that's you. Oh, I All take right. step over. You pull a like step over and like, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I got to just hit the Drag train. back. Drag back. Um, yeah, no, but I mean, look, a lot of question marks, a lot, a lot of things to talk about. It'll be definitely interesting to see who gets called into this June camp. Um, speaking of the June camp, Nick, I know there's been a little, little, little dual mat uh, rumors coming about. Yeah. Tell me about them, guys. So... Yeah, Sumero, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, I mean, as Nick as Nick has been talking all week with us, like the 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 hot topic right now has been there's some rumors coming out that there might be a or maybe multiple uh, dual nationals on this June camp. This is what we talked about. These camps all being for was some opportunities for players who have not been given them, and we all understood it was going to be very hard to bring players in in the middle of uh, World Cup qualifying, maybe towards even the end of World Cup qualifying, no matter how their form was in you know where their club was so this is an opportunity for that um some rumors that i'm seeing and noah either add on or t- or tell me if i'm wrong seeing a little um uh, is it it's timothy tillman it's that tillman brother correct i've seen both um both? i've actually seen a couple more leaks to malik tillman malik late but i, I Wh- think it's equally both i think that a lot of that is coming out of u.s twitter camp though i haven't seen a lot come from official sources and obviously official sources haven't confirmed anything but yeah yeah and then you look at the the other one that i i personally would love to see is uh balligan on arsenal mm-hmm. loaned to middlesbrough uh i believe it was just the second half of the year maybe it was the full year i forget but he was on middlesbrough this year they just missed out of the uh championship playoffs i believe so he's another striker he plays the number nine he's not a full-fledged um arsenal player he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes for them on the first team, which is why he was loaned. But a lot of skill in him. He's a nine who who really has a lot of skill to him. It's not the biggest striker, but like I said, getting on the end of the ball and and having a lot of skill when he gets that ball in the final third is something he he has for sure. And I would love to see him. Yeah, he's definitely one that I've seen. Um, I've seen some rumors, and and I think I'll go to the the two rumors that I'm most excited about. Uh, I definitely think that that Malik Tillman is, is one that I'm interested in to see. I, I think it's going to be hard to convince both of the Tillmans to drop out of the Germany youth system. They've been in, involved in the, in the Germany youth system for their whole careers. Um, but I've seen, speaking of, of youth systems, the, the two rumors I'm, I'm interested in for sure, Alex Mendes and Alan Senora are the two that I'm very, very intrigued about. Alex Mendes specifically has, has picked up his performances tremendously with Vizela in Portugal. And I think, you know, having experience in the U.S. youth system, having experience at the U-17 World Cup, um, I think is somebody who, who may get a shot now under Greg. And I'd be interested to see if he's able to, to come in. But I, lo- I love Alex Mendes. I always have. He was the U.S. Youth Soccer, U.S. Sorry, U.S. Youth Soccer Youth Player of the Year, 2018-2019. He was an absolute baller on, the, on that CONCACAF winning team. Um, with Dest and and all the all the likes of those guys, Chris Richards. Um, then he went to the to the U twenty World Cup, played well again there. He's bounced around club teams, um, youth. But did you his goal? I don't know, Nick, if you've seen it. No, I'm sure you've seen it. If anyone doesn't know, someone described it the other day as they beat a defender. He beat a defender and then curled it past the defender. But I wanted to preface that the defender he curled it around was Pepe, Pepe. Pepe, Pepe, the Real Madrid Pepe, center back. Um, it was not like, you know, he was going up against Porto, a really strong team. They ended up losing 4-2. But 
he wasn't just going up against some scrubs here. He was probably the best team in, in the Portuguese league. And he just hits this wonder of a strike. I'm pretty sure the Portuguese, uh, the Porto goalkeeper is, has started uh, matches recently for the Portuguese national team. And he just banged this one through. Um, he is a really dynamic center mid. Can ping a ball, can hit a ball with that left foot so effortlessly. It's beautiful to watch. And that's why that strike against Porto the past weekend was beautiful to watch. So I thought he he had probably been deserving of a call-up the past few months, but being in the middle of World Cup qualifying maybe made it hard. Had we just been having regular November camps and January camps and February camps like we did last year in Orlando and stuff like that in 2021, maybe he would have been there. This is a camp, in my opinion, he needs to be there for. And he's the least, to me, panicked. Um, I mean, I don't know about panic, but... I don't think he's represented another uh, national team ever. I think he's only represented the U.S. youth national team levels. So okay. he is a dual nat, but uh, we we should have the leg up on him. So let's let's kind of secure it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I I don't believe he's represented Mexico at all. I know he's just he's eligible for it, but um, should we jump into some? Brief. Let's keep it keep it real brief because we do want to get to the crux here. But um, just Let's do a couple it. a couple players that we we like. I wanted weekend. to. I wanted to. I I wanted to just say one last thing. I thought you I were going to go it. more on uh, Sonora, Alan Sonora. Um, I feel like he goes up and down. Is it Alan or Joel? I know they're both they're both playing down there. But who was the guy that hit the free kick? Alan Alan has has three goals for in Indi- three games for Independiente, one of the biggest yeah. clubs in Argentina. Yeah, Somebody that okay. I was definitely going to bring up in this. So why don't you actually that that'll be a good good segue here then, Sumer. Why don't you uh, talk well, a little bit about Alan weekend? Yeah, I just wanted to finish off the dual national panic that I'm currently having over here, and he's <laughs> one of them. Um, and yeah, again, another beautiful strike. His his stock seems to go up and go down, and go up and go down. So it needs to be a little bit more level headed when you see these kind of things. But he did score an absolute wizardry of a free kick um, recently for them, and has been playing well. And like Nick, not Nick, like Noah said, this is a top team in Argentina to be playing for. And I don't know if we should be putting much weight on him wearing the number 10, but there is some weight to be put it to, 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 to say, like, you know, he does have the shirt. The club has to give it to him. Um, just another player who maybe we called him up at times when he wasn't fully ready. And maybe he hasn't hit his peak. Maybe he still hasn't hit that, that stride yet, but clearly sometimes shows bursts of being able to, to make that development up to a real top player, uh, at least in the Argentinian league at first. So should really keep, keep eyes on him. And I'd like a call up. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, no, that that's, I completely agree with that, man. Um, he's like, we've talked about, and this is that pause was trying to figure out how to say it. Cause I know Nick and I've talked about this. On a couple podcasts and off, like players develop at different rates. Alan Senor is still 23, right? Like, there's still a lot of guys who are in this, and, and it's important to not write players off. I see people writing Pepe off already, and it's like we can't we can't be overreactive to, to a lot of these things. But I, I think that's important to remember. But Nick, I'll, I'll let you you jump into somebody because we've kind of been talking for a while. I'll let you jump into just some players that you enjoy this weekend. Yeah, um, as always, I focus more on the MLS guys, um, and I'll highlight um, two FC Dallas players that we, we frequently talk about, uh, Paul Ariola and Jesus, Fer- Jesus Ferreira. 
Jesus Ferreira got a goal. It was a great dummy by, uh, it was like a cross in, great dummy by Paul Ariel. I saw the US link up. Um, Jesus Ferreira makes one move and shot goal. Uh, very happy to see him back on the score sheet uh, or keep getting on the score sheet as well as Paul Ariola had a goal as well, uh, goal and assist. So a very good uh, performance on him. So once again, I mean, I, it always seems like we are oh, in terms of MLS stuff. I know we seem to always kind of talk about that FC Dallas US kind of youth base. And once again, we're seeing it where they played a, um, it was a um, Seattle Sounders, which we actually did not mention. They won the um, uh, Champions League uh, kind of. Champions oh yeah, CONCACAF Champions League. We um, totally yeah, Champions League. That, yeah. So it was, that's really good news for MLS um, against um, Pumas, right? Yep. Uh, 2-0 win, is that what I remember? Um, or was it? In the second leg, yes. Yeah. So second, yes, two. second leg, uh, last Wednesday. So very happy to see them. They'll be in the Club World Cup and could go against some really big name European teams. Um, but yeah, they, the FC Dallas played um, a Seattle Sounders team that didn't start Jordan Morris. Uh, Christian Rodon came off the bench to get on the field. Um, they just played a worn out kind of. That was not. That was not Seattle Sounders. No, was it wasn't. Yeah, that was no, the was. Tacoma but, I mean, Defiance. That was, a that game was is a game. Team. A game is a game. Obed Vargas did play very well, though. What I will say. Sure. For yeah, I mean, a game is a game, and getting on the score sheet and an assist is it, from our or from U.S. guys. Is I'm not gonna. I rather I'm not gonna complain. You know, um, so happy to see that. Um, I thought Paxton Pomacall was fantastic in that game. As was well. he? Yeah, I was. That's one, some, that, I didn't yeah. mention him, but. I was not able to uh, – I didn't track his performance as well, so he was fantastic. I thought he was very good. Uh, just always looking to get on the turn and play forward, and we, he can do it with, the, with that left foot of his. And, and just every – he seems to be, to me, like a player that's really breaking out week by week. Um, yeah. Within Dallas and, and just kind of in MLS in general, him and, and a couple other guys. No, I think you're going to mention another one of the guys too right now. Oh, well, knock on wood that I was – hopefully he stays uh, healthy. That's what I was going to say. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I actually was going to move away from Dallas, but did you want to kind of? No, 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 no. Who are you? Who are you going to go for? Because I, I was actually connected. going to bring up Aaron Long. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, I know, I know, a little bit. Not exactly. I no, I have. I know. Who I think we're going to talk about next, but Aaron Long, center back, got on the score sheet. We were talking about him earlier, but I wanted to mention him because um, he is now getting call ups from Greg. Um, so got on the score sheet for the Red Bulls, one-one tie against Portland, uh, which is a, they're, they're a good MLS side. So. It was, Good to see him get on the score sheet. Um, and then I wanted to highlight uh, Georgi Mahanovic. Um, absolutely fantastic start to this year. Got a goal, had, I believe, four shots on target. Um, that will make him, I believe it's 17 shots on target on the year. Five goals, three assists. He's just, I want to see him get into some of these friendlies coming up. Um, I'm excited. I mean, for him, I, I, he's just consistently just building on what happened last year and stuff. He's a dangerous player. He gets with the ball without the ball. So I, I'm very excited for him. And I know we talked about me and you know, me and you know, him and we highlighted him in our, um, in our player or in our midfield, uh, our center center attacking mid, uh, kind of highlights, but I was very happy to see him get a goal and, and just, overall look very positive and, and very as a force for that Montreal team that won for not for one against uh, Orlando. For me, man, 
and I know Samara will agree with me here too, that there's no excuses at this point to not give Georgie a shot. Um, he, his performances alone have dictated it for, for Montreal this summer. And, and yeah, I, I think the time is right to give him a call up. There's no reason not to have him on the roster. The only reason I would accept is if he was lining up and moved to a top five team in a, in a top five league. And they said, don't call him up in June because we want him in July. That's the only reason I'd accept it. I'd accept it. And I probably wouldn't even accept that. Um, but legitimately, he needs to be there. His production level is insane in the final third. He controls the game. He's literally like the point guard of each game that they play Montreal. I'm kind of scared to see what would happen to Montreal when he does leave or if he does leave. Um, they have a few other players, Torres and, yeah, and some other players. Yeah, uh, the ball too. Yeah, they have, they have a few other players, but he is the heart and soul of, of that team at the moment. And um, with it, when he does leave, that'll be a sore sight. One thing I want to say, going back to you, Nick, there's that last, uh, the Portland game against the Red Bulls. Something I think no one's mentioning at all is um, another player that played in that match who's now kind of back in form, not back in form, but back playing, Eric Williamson. And we were all we were all very high on him before he tore his ACL. Not very high, but we were like you know creeping up there a little bit. Like, well, and now he's back. He started again. This is not his first start, but this is somebody who, in my opinion, what if a call up? What would a call up hurt him? It wouldn't. I don't, in my opinion, I think if anything, it could give him more confidence going into the rest of the season. You know, hey, we see that you're back. You know, you were a part of the Gold Cup team. You've now come back and you're playing at a, at, a, at a decent standard off a of torn ACL. There's still six months to go. We want to have you still in the frame and in the ra- on the radar come, come November. So we're going to call you up now because we also can't call in a lot of other players because like I doubt Weston's going to come for, for this and, and some other players. So just another player in that game I wanted to mention that I was watching was uh, Williamson. Hey, man, if Aaron Long can get a call up, having played zero games after an ACL injury to a World Cup qualifier, Eric Williams can get a call up to a, a random camp. Um, no, a lot. Of, I think you know. Obviously, a lot of guys. Quick mentions to, to mention. Quick mentions to mention. We're doing great. Uh, quick guys to mention performances this weekend. Eric Palmer Brown, I thought had a, had a very good game against PSG, especially given the level of competition he was going up against. Uh, not very easy to defend Mbappe, and he looked very good in possession. Um, who else? Christian Pulisic, obviously had probably the best game that he had in a Chelsea shirt. What was it? An assist. And then the pass that led to the penalty. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was his best game in a Chelsea shirt. Yeah. You know, I thought I very misleading because he, he did do some things very well, which I love the assist, the work rate, the drive, um, you know, the, the finding the, the open spots in the middle to me as a U.S. men's national team with my U.S. men's national team hat on, that's everything I want to see. A Chelsea hat, and this is why it gets so annoying on Twitter is because there's so much Chelsea, oh, he's not good enough for Chelsea, oh, he can't do it in enough times for Chelsea, and then there's the U.S. men's national team, which is like, hey, man, we love that. We, we're, we're happy with that. That That is an assist and a, a pass to an assist, basically. Um, so we'll take it, but no, he played well. The point is, he played well. Definitely. Um, Nick, anybody else you wanted to, to talk out or Sumer before we head into the, the, our John games? Brooks, John Brooks played well this mm-hmm. weekend. All the more important given miles, situation for sure. Do I think things are going to change? I don't know, but look, he consistently fingers crossed, putting in fingers it. crossed for sure. Nick, anybody else? No, I highlighted everybody and that I was able to catch on the MLS side of stuff. So no, got everybody. All right. Let's get into wingers then boys.
let's get into wingers. So yeah, um, first kind of guys we're going to talk about, obviously the, the people who have been in the camps, kind of the main four we got. Um, and then, then go into some guys in the fringes and then obviously guys who maybe definitely not going to be there, but you may hear more of as the season goes on. So, and 2026 rolls around the last group. Correct. Correct. Um, so let's go with the first four first. And I think, am I wrong in saying that those guys are probably Tim Weah, Christian Pulisic, Giovanni Reyna, and Brendan Aronson right now? No, these are obvious kind of call-ups in this position. I mean, Christian Pulisic or Captain America, that's it. Well, they're all given. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, those are our kind of obvious call-ups, those four guys. And um, I also just think before we get rid into the meat of it, I just think all of them are getting gonna get better too. They're all in the they're all kind of approaching, if not in their prime, if very much approaching. Um, I know a lot of them are younger. Giovanni Reyna and, and Brendan Aronson and, and Timothy Weah, honestly, all of them are kind of pretty much not in their prime yet. So I'm excited. Yeah. These would be the four that I would say hundred percent. These are our four most talented at the moment. I think the only person I can be certain about where they're going to be playing football in the fall is Reyna. Um, I don't, I don't even know if I can hundred percent say I'm confident in Weah. I, I think I am, but I'm not a hundred, I'm not certain, but these are guys, so it's going to be interesting to see what Pulisic and Aronson are up to in, in come October. You know, we all believe that Aronson's going to dip. Um, people think Pulisic's going to dip. You know, those are, again, big factors to think about. But these four guys are our most four talented wingers that we ha- currently have. And if we're able to bring all four of them healthy to, to Qatar, I will be ecstatic because you look at the, these players and their skill sets and and – the intimidation that they a factor that they can put on other teams and and the ability to to um, basically one off make a situation like you know if I was to compare it to basketball just be like yeah get your shot you know just just get your shot and and, and get the job done and these four guys can kind of can do that so it, it, the question is just going to be one are you just calling up these four are you only going to call up these four guys two. If one of them is not available, which how we've seen U.S. men's national team players were made of glass, so it's 100% certain that one of them will not be there, if not more. Who do you replace them with? And then three, I guess, yeah, if you're, only, if you're not going to bring only four of them and you're going to bring more than four, who's the next guy? So I guess it all comes down to who's the next guy, basically. But um, those four guys, 100%, I would agree with, are the top four guys. But who, who are you looking at next up? if there's some kind of situation. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough oh, question. oh, that I, I think it's a tough question before we get into that. And, and maybe Nick, this will, this will just prelude your answer a little bit. I think that because you have four guys there who offer four very unique skill sets that, that really, especially if you're talking about an injury situation to one of them, I think it, it kind of comes down to what is the skill set that needs replacing, you know? If you need a tricky winger, if you need somebody who's going to make things happen, maybe a replacement for Christian Pulisic, right? Somebody who is going to be, you know, have a desire to take players on, who's going to try to make things happen in the final third. Maybe you're looking at a Conrad De La Fuente, right? Yes, he doesn't have the end product of a Christian Pulisic at this point. But, you know, Conrad is somebody who was involved in World Cup qualifiers, obviously hasn't had a great time at Marseille, but I think is, is well-liked by the coach. And it definitely is somebody who brings the same dynamism that I think 
Christian Pulisic does bring. If you're looking to replace a Brendan Aronson, who's a pressing monster, maybe you're going to turn towards a Paul Areola. You know, I, I think it depends a lot on, on we're talking next guy up. It depends on, on what you're trying to replace per se. Yeah. And just to preface for people who don't know, um, I know we're talking about injuries and just so people just clarifying, Gio Reyna is currently still hurt uh, or re-hurt, re-injured. I think he just like a, has a tendon issue. So you're talking about who we call like kind of going off that for people who don't know. Yeah. I mean, people, I mean, Gio Reyna out of anybody and out of any, all of them are hurt, has hurt all the time, but just, yeah, kind of on the same theme is, there that we were talking about there will be injuries there will be injuries to at least one of those four and and we're seeing that right now and it's it's terrible to hear we all we all hate it um i actually noah and sumer i wanted to point out because we we do know how each player plays they're kind of obvious choices for our pick but two players i wanted to highlight in terms of maybe stepping into more of a, a center midfield and center attacking midfield role is i wanted to ask you guys kind of what are, you, what are you guys on Gio Reyna and, and Brennan Aronson, who I think they could step into that cam role? I just kind of want to hear thoughts. And if I'm crazy, then tell me. Uh, but um, quick quick thoughts about that, those two. I think that's an interesting point, Nick, um, about Aronson and, and Reyna being able to, to double down into the center attacking mid or just as an eight in our system. Um, with a 23-man roster, I think maybe – calling up one of those guys with an expectation that maybe they can play there would be nice. Now, is that going to happen? I don't know. Is that something we can try in September or this summer and go into that, go into Qatar with, Hey, we're going to call up Reina and Aronson with the expectation that maybe one of them can drop down into an eight. If we need to that, you know, to me, I would, I, I think they're both can play that position, but to me, I think that they're going to play wingers in our system just because we have Weston and Eunice who are going to be playing the eights. If it wasn't Weston and Eunice, then I would be saying, then I think I'd be saying something different. Noah. I mean, so I want to agree with you on, on some of that. And I think it's because I'll, I'll agree with in the part that, that you, both you and I think that these are players who can do a shift, a certain shift in the center of the part. Um, I personally think that Gio Reyna's best position as is as an eight. Obviously, with all these problems, right, whether you want to play him as a winger or or in the middle, I think that you're, you're talking about taking somebody out, right? If you put him in the, in the center, who are you taking out? Probably a Yunus Musa. If you, ta- if you put him out wide, who are you taking out? Probably a Tim Weah. And, and so either way, you're taking out quality, which is good to have. But personally, I just think Gio is, is so good on the ball. And the more he's on the ball, the better he, it, the better the, the U.S. goes, the better they progress, the more fluid they, they look. And so for me, I'd have him in the middle. And maybe that comes with a change of system, right? Maybe, maybe that comes with, with a two-striker system, with a three-back system, however you have to do it to maybe get him on, on the ball in the middle of the park. But Aaronson's Agreed. different. Yeah, Aaronson. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was literally going to dive into Aaronson. Go ahead. I was gonna say Aaronson's a little different. Um, I think he's he's played a little bit in the middle for Salzburg. He kind of bounces around quite a bit. He's played as a false nine at times. I don't know that Aaronson has the physicality to play center midfield. That's the one question mark I have over him. Um, but I mean, I, look, versatility with both these guys is something that I, I think is really really good to have. And the fact that they both can put in a shift 
at multiple positions is, I mean, a great problem if you want to even put it as that for Greg to have for me. Okay. So now we understand that obviously Reyna and Aronson can go down there in a shift. And we understand that these four wingers are probably our, t- our top four most talented wingers and will be called up <clears throat> bearing any injuries. I understand what you said, Noah, about next guy up depends on replacing who's out. Let's say the, the squad increases, though. Let's say, okay, with the, like, they, like they talk about, it's not a 23-man squad anymore. It's a 27-man squad. We're calling up Reyna, and we're expecting uh, Reyna to maybe play as an eight one of the games or something like that. I don't know. But we're, we're calling up a fifth guy. We have all four guys, but we're calling up a fifth or a sixth guy. Who's that to you with all four of them there? Maybe, we, yeah, we're allowed a fifth guy. Who's that fifth guy you're bringing in? It's so tough. I mean, we touched on what Conrad De La Fuente brings, right? And, and I think he'd probably be my first one up just because he brings something kind of unique. But I know Nick is very high on the two MLS guys who are kind of in that next category. I'll let him talk about what they bring. And, and Jordan Morris and, and Paul Ariola, I think, are, are, if we're talking Greg's guys, probably the next two on the bubble. Yeah, no, I I am big fans of um... – Ariola and Jordan, Jordan Morris, like you touched on earlier, Jordan Morris, uh, sorry, Paul Ariola, Paul Ariola uh, fantastic presser. I think he does give, bring a little bit of quality and kind of to the game and class. Um, um, so I, I think those two are next up as well as, yeah, Jordan Norris, um, phys- his physicality, his speed is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm big on them. Um I'm not sure they beat out some of the year. Well, I think they do, but I, I just, I like to see MLS guys uh, called up um, and I'm, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're an MLS, you're an MLS uh, noob, huh? You're, you're one of, so there's, so there's Euros, uh, what do they call them? Snobs? Euros, Euros snobs and I don't know yeah, if so MLS. There, so there's MLS snobs and then that's Nick Mansky for you. But no, I love the MLS too. It's coming for me today. <laughs> and, and well because you know you're gonna get the euro snobs mad now when you say stuff like oh i need an mls guy called up and you, know, you can't you gotta, gotta you can't divide the, the fan base you gotta you gotta play the play the neutral card we want it we want the best <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody gets called up everybody gets a call up get <laughs> give them all call-ups all right we're calling up 54 guys yeah um but for me it'd be paul for me, it'd be Paul Ariola. I think his production – now, this could change again come November, but the, his production this year has been better, in my opinion. I think he adds more to the team. Um, I just – I'm not a fan of Morris post-injury. I think he's just kind of getting the job done. I think he's still an MLS guy and understands how to play in MLS and is on a good team when all the players are playing with Ladero, Jao Paulo, Rui Diaz, um, you know, when he's playing with all these guys. But for me, I think – hundred percent. One of them is going to be there. I feel like there's no way that we, we line up in Qatar without one of those two guys there. And so if I had to choose one for me, it'd be Paul Ariola. I just think he brings more. I, and, I, yeah. I think it's Paul Ariola. I think he's done more this season. I think his familiarity playing with us guys too. I mean, I know it doesn't, I don't know. He's playing with Jesus Ferreira. So I think it's Paul Ariola. Um, I love Conrad. I love Conrad, but it just hasn't, um, for whatever reason, he hasn't gotten the time he needs with the U.S. yet. Now that could come. And he hasn't also gotten the time with Marseille that he needs. He started strong, but the second half of the year, 2022, is, um, he, has he been injured? or what? It's been a bunch of different things. There's There's been some injury. There's been, I know, a couple oh. questions over his professionalism. 
Exactly. Which, yeah, which off, off the, you know, I, I don't really know. I don't really put too much stake in that. I mean, the kid's, what, 20, 22? Yeah. Can't even have a beer in the U.S. But the point is, it hasn't, it hasn't all the wires have not connected with him at Marseille yet. He's not, he's not fully there hitting stride like we want him to be going into Qatar. So that's why I also I think Ariola. Speaking of a winger who everything kind of hasn't connected for him this season and who we're, we, we've been high on in the past, Matthew Hoppy. Obviously hasn't really found his footing at Mallorca and there's rumors of him going back to the MLS on loan. I don't know. I, I think that Matthew Hoppy could bring something interesting to the U.S. from a winger perspective. He plays with an intensity that I have not seen in a, in a U.S. player since Clint Dempsey. And, and that's saying something, right? Obviously, he's not on the talent level of Dempsey right now, and, and there's questions over whether or not a winger is even his best position. But in terms of a pure, like, representative intensity, Matthew Hoppy, man, just brings something different. He just goes out there every time and looks like he's ready to get into a fight and ready to just give 110%. I hate that phrase, but looks like he's ready to literally give, like, everything for whatever team he goes out there for. And I love that. He's a baller. Yeah, he's 21 uh, years old. You don't get that yeah. from a lot of 21 year olds. It's awesome. I, I I love Hoppy, and like you said, Mallorca has not hit as I saw it would, as I thought it would. Um, do we put all of the blame on Steve Nash and uh, Stu Holden? Aren't they the two the two part owners in in that club? Can someone yes, confirm? I do. Yeah, yeah. So we're putting the blame on Steve Nash and and Stu Holden for that one. Um, cause they definitely invigorated that move. And yeah, Nick's like, what? My brother is this like a subliminal, like now you're, you came from, my no, no. Play, now you're coming for like well, other this, parts of me. Oh my gosh. This wasn't even intentional. This, this one was not uh, planned. Okay. This one, this one, this one just funny. came up. Um, but no, you, we saw it in the gold cup. He's really got some bite to him. He's, you know, he's got some aer- aerial prowess to him. Um, movement wise is strong final third production I saw with Schalke that one game he scored a hat trick like he's got it there he can he can finish uh but just hasn't gotten any of the playing time in Mallorca to do it so it's not to say that he is a different player now or a worse player I can't even tell you if he's had the minutes to show that he's a worse player yet um so I would love to see him at some point either move this summer and show his worth in the fall maybe sneak in doubt it but someone to think about or does he get something in June here where he's able to prove his worth and show, hey, you do want my skill set on this on this plane because I'm going to bring bite to this team and, and and you know Ukraine, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, whatever those countries, they're not going to know what hit him when this guy comes on the field type of thing. So I don't know. He's one to think about. I th- I think you give more of the bite to England. I just want to see it for that sole reason. I want to see Matthew Hoppy just get mad about England. That's it. That's all I want. I think he'd piss off Harry Maguire the most. I think Maguire would would act absolutely rear end him at the end of the game with a side foot kick, like a UFC kick type of thing. I think I'd definitely see that towards the end of the match. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Or Reyna, you know, Reyna can do it too. Reyna's got the bite. So if we want bite, might as well. Reyna's bringing us bite. Reyna's bringing us versatility. Reyna's bringing us class. You know, I mean, no, I don't need to sell Reyna. He's Gio, already on Gio the Reyna plays every position actually now. I think he should just. Yeah. Gio Starting 11 of Gio. Can he get healthy? Can we all pray for a, a nice healthy recovery for this guy? I'm fine if he doesn't play in the fall. If, if Dorman wants to just sit him until November, I wouldn't be opposed. If we need him in shape, I do want him to play. But okay, he, I, I'll uh, I'll take him out back. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him out back. We'll do some training, and you know. Yeah, 
Um, uh, Noah, our final one that are kind of on the cusp. Nico, talk to me about Nico. I'm gonna totally botch his name too. Uh, Giolini. Not even close, but I uh, like it. No, I like it. Nico. I tried. I typed in the Google Translate. Bad boy, Nico Giacchini. <laughs> Again, somebody who we've seen play a part with the U.S. Uh, Gold Cup, I believe. And has played on the wing for the U.S. Nico is an interesting one. Um, has been in and out of the team for Mar- or for Montpellier in France. Um, I, I I personally really like Nico. I, I think that he, at least in the U.S. shirt, has has kind of shown some similar passion to Matthew Hoppy, where even though he's repre- he's eligible to represent a couple different countries, I he's cap tied now, having played in the Gold Cup. But I, he just he, he seems like he. he likes playing for the u.s he enjoys himself he enjoys being around the team he's he's technically pretty gifted um i think lacks a little bit of physicality and lacks a little bit of stamina i would say is kind of the biggest thing that he doesn't really have to his game but um he's a bit part player for for montpellier and and they're doing well in france and, and i think he's somebody which just maybe to keep an eye on right if we go through a slew of injuries or if you feel how i feel about Paul Ariola and Jordan Morris, you know, uh, like it may be somebody to keep in the back of your mind for, for again, people who can offer something a little bit different. If you want a winger with a goal threat, Timothy Weah-esque style, maybe, maybe Nico's your guy, right? Maybe he can play that wide vertical forward role. Hey man, Giochini, Giochini, however you pronounce it specifically, was born in Kansas city. We got a game in Kansas city coming up. It only feels right to, to, to bring them in, in my opinion. Um, but I say that literally about every single player. I'm like, yeah, and call them up. And yeah, yeah and, and why don't we uh, press the call button right there again. Right. Um, but these are just players to be thinking about on the radar. Hoppy, Giochini, you know, um, what we said, Ariola, Morris. These are all guys who are going to be in contention for either that fifth spot or potentially an injury replacement spot. And if an injury replacement happens, then there's even another sixth spot that might open up for someone on this depth chart. So um, these are just a tons, tons of guys to look, on, look forward to. Even going further than this, going a little bit further than this, we have some other players who probably won't be touching 2022. It'd be a miracle if they necessarily did. But three guys, and would love to hear what you guys think about them. Caden Clark, Paxton Aronson, and Cade Cowell, some young MLS um, eight-slash-winger guys kind of trying to find it in the MLS. Obviously, Paxton has not found his footing this season in terms of minutes. Caden obviously getting loaned back from Leipzig now in, with New York, still not 100% in that like starting team. Like, I don't know if he's in their best 11 right now. They have Luquinhos and a bunch of other players. But Cade, Cade's playing a good amount for San Jose. But what, what do you guys know and Nick think about uh, those three kind of long shots? Yeah, so I'm going to start with um Caden Clark um so last year he kind of jumped onto the the scene he had 17 starts he had four goals four assists um the kid looked good the kid looked really really good and and no instrument what happened did he get what was it was it he get the it happened and then he appendix, appendix, appendix right now, yeah. and then he just honestly didn't play too well after then um <laughs> Right. And so, and he, yeah, what kind of what Sumer said, he hasn't really um, caught his footing yet this season. So, I mean, 
granted, he's only 18. Um, again, I think he's guy he's going to be more of a 2026 guy. And, and I just, I really wanted to continue progressing, kind of find his footing again. Uh, and with New York and kind of get back into that side. And, and it's a really good New York side too, um, the Red Bulls. So yeah, I mean, he jumped on the scene last year. I really wanted to just kind of see him. And he's a creative player. I want to see him jump back on. He's a creative player. He can create chances. Um, he can score goals, run at defenders. I, I like the way he plays. He's, he's, he's fun to watch. So I just, I really am hoping he just gets back to kind of his form. Um, and then Paxton Aronson, big fan of Paxton Aronson. I think, I mean, some may say he has more talent, that he's more talent and a higher ceiling than his brother, uh, Brennan, but you kind of alluded to it. He's not getting minutes. Um, he's another player similar to his brother and Gio Reyna that I think can jump into the, the cam position as well. Um, he's very quick, presses a lot. He's his foot, his, his kind of footwork is fantastic. Very good in tight spaces can get around defenders just overall. I mean, he hasn't played that much and he, he knows that take out a defender. I don't know if that's positive, but he's been getting playing. I'm pretty sure like, five minutes of each game and getting a yellow card, but um, not afraid, definitely not afraid, full of confidence um, playing with uh, his, his friends, uh, the, the U S guys, Jack McGlynn and um, Quinn Sullivan, but basically kind of moral of that story is I think that he's going to need more playing time uh, for the Philadelphia union. It's tough. They have a, a good side with Daniel God's dog. So I want to see more playing time for him. Um, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he has a high, a, don't shoot me. Don't kill me. I think he's a higher ceiling than his brother. Um, and I hope someday he will start to get minutes and eventually move over just like his brother into Europe. So, um, and, and yeah, I mean, he's another one who is also only 18, uh, mind you, they're young and kid Cowell as well. Um, young, he's playing a lot for San Jose. I want to, he had a few, he had a few shots on target over the weekend. He was a little bit unlucky kind of what Noah, you said not to score. Um, He's another exciting one. Um, Noah, you and I were talking kind of before is that his technical ability needs to improve, but he definitely, in terms of physicality and, and speed and athleticism, it's there. Um, it's, it's getting there too. So um, Noah, feel free to jump in as well about those three that we just touched on. Uh, I, I, I agree with pretty much your assessment of, of all three of those guys. Um, I'd add on that. I think Caden Clark is also somebody who, who maybe his best position is in the midfield, similar to Paxton. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention that too. We, yeah. We've seen them play out wide or play, you know, even central striker roles for uh, the U twenties as a, I think it's the U twenties. Sumer would could correct me if I'm wrong, but the recent camps, um, I think it's the U twenties, but they've been in the U 20 camps, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, let me real quick say, I think they're playing out wide a lot more for the respective teams because it's hard for them to get minutes in that kind of attacking right. midfielder role. Um, so uh, they're, they're jumping in because uh, wide players can get subbed out a little bit it, kind of more frequently and easier. So that's why I think they're jumping into that kind of definitely. Uh, wide role and stuff. I, I think it definitely could be. And, and I mean, look, we saw this at the Revelations Cup over, uh, you know, last year that I, I think they were the two Paxton and Caden were, were probably the two most creative players um, and, and most like goal threat players that we saw during that, right? Really kind of the only sparks of life. The U S U twenties got slapped that tournament kind of through no fault of their own, through some bad logistics from USSF and everything like that. But they were kind of the only players that, that really had some life about them. Um, 
and, and so I you know definitely definitely two guys for the future. Cade Cowell, I'm glad you touched on it. As <laughs> I, I liken him to old Jordan Morris part two. Or sorry, young Jordan Morris part two. Right. Raw speed, raw athleticism. Built like a horse. And just lacking a little bit of technical ability to, to kind of put him over the edge. So it's the hair. I'm just kidding. It's the it might be the hair. Um, but I, I mean, look, a guy who is somebody who I think is not necessarily ready for the U.S. right now, not ready for the Mexican national team right now. I know that was some dual nap panic. I think that dual nap panic is it's well overhyped. But guys, guys to to watch out for and and different skill sets. I and mean, we we keep coming back to this idea of skill sets. What can guys bring? We got two guys who can operate in tight spaces, and Caden Clark and Paxton Aronson. We've got, you know, raw athleticism and, 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 and talent that way. And Cade Cowell, we have some goal threat and a couple of these other guys. You know, like it's what do you want from different skill sets? And so I know there's two guys that we haven't really talked about who are very much on the fringes that you wanted to bring up um, that maybe bring something a little bit different too. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even going to shout these guys out, but a little just, shout out. Just a little shout shout. Emmanuel Sabi. Um, playing for Odenens, uh, I believe is the pronunciation in the Danish league. Um, if anyone remembers him, he has played a few Serkin era games with us. Um, he's just a winger for Odenens. He came on in the 86 this past weekend. He's about 24 now. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's another winger out there in Denmark, kind of going away with it. And then also Jonathan Amon, another guy, another Danish winger we got. We like the Danish wingers out there. Um, I'm, I'm actually not even sure. If, I'm pretty sure he came back. I'm pretty sure he's back from his injury, his latest injury. He constantly is injured. Um, good riddance for him, but just two guys randomly wanted to shout out. Yeah. Dude, you might as well put Joey Gayu up here too. Oh yeah. Hey man, don't hate on him. That's a DMV boy right there. Is he still on Cincinnati? He is. He is. I just remember him from his brief time in the Dortmund Academy. Yeah. That's where we, that's where we all fell in love with him and him and his 99 pace. I thought he was going to be the next star boy. <laughs> well, the, the, he, he blew out his knee and yeah. I mean, that's usually the case with most of the guys that, that come back. You, ever, you know, it's like, tell me one like soccer coach you didn't have who was like really good. Right. You know, he was like, Oh, I used to play this or this or that. And it's like, you know, what happened? I blew out my knee. So, you know, it's the, it's, uh, it's the unfortunate case with like, now Dude, he's not soccer. Oh, I literally had the same guy. <laughs> that that would have been me, I man. Had, I I'm had sick. a soccer coach that was played for Sunderland, right? Sunderland in, in England. And he, oh my gosh, blew. He was and like, I was like, what happened? He said, tore my ACL. I was done after that. Went to coaching. I was like, Come yeah, on. That's, the, that's the, that's the story there, man. The story of, of, of soccer players turning, turning coaches at a young age. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's, I guess that's testament to, to guys like Jordan Morris, you know, who, who've come back as well as they did. But I mean, exactly. He Got just you. did full circle guys. We went from, uh, um, Atlanta United's field to tearing ACLs to theme of the episode. We just did circles. Just notice that <laughs> theme of the episode is just injuries. But I think, boys, that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, thank you, everybody else. So, everything, everybody for, for listening in, tuning in. Going to finish up our positional breakdowns next week with the arguably the most controversial position in, in the U.S. right now in the number nine, the striker. Otherwise known as the player where young talent, the position where young talents in the U.S. go to die. Um, a lot to talk about next week. Going to have some good positional breakdown stuff. But again, thank you all for listening in. Don't forget us to rate us. Don't forget to rate us on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you do. Follow us on Twitter, OTB underscore Pod Official. 
boys. Thanks for joining me. Hope you guys uh, had a good time too. Always, always. Always. Stay safe. You.